everybody, this is Rudy Sarzo, and you listen to Diary of the Mad Man podcast right here. Come back and listen to it some more. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diary of the Mad Men, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast, where we geek out about all things Ozzy and Ozzy related. I am Josh Crum, and with us as always is Mr. Dan Drago. How's it going, Dan? Hey, how you doing, man? Doing good, dude. And also with us today is our good buddy, Ryan Beavers, Mr. Beavers. What's up, dude? What's going on, guys? Just uh, surviving Illinois February's at 13 inches of snow, then it's been sub-zero temperatures, you know, just waiting it out. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I've been struggling myself. I think it's been about 72 degrees here in Phoenix. Fuck. <laughs> I got to brag also. It's like 54 in Kentucky right now. And after the hell we've been through with the freezing cold and ice storms and everything, it feels pretty damn warm also. So I'm kind of enjoying it myself right now. Okay. Well, go fuck yourselves. That's right. How cool is it that <laughs> we are from all different parts of the country bringing our love of Ozzy to the world? I love that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's what brings us together for sure. Yeah, we talk a lot on the show about the conversations we've had in private for all these years on Messenger and back on the Joe Siegler message boards and the Black Sabbath forum and all that. But how long have we actually known each other? I'm It's right around a decade probably now. You think well, it's so gotta be, I think a little bit before that because, I mean, 13 is nine years old. So I'm going to say close to 12 years. I would say about 12 years also. That sounds yeah. about right. It's yeah. crazy, isn't it? I mean, you, Josh, were both in Tinley Park here in Illinois for yeah. Sabbath. Yeah. For the, yeah, for the 13 tour. And then again for the, the end tour at Reunion yep. Arena. So, yeah. We have a 12 fucking year long conversation that's never ended. <laughs> <laughs> and then people ask me, are you ever going to run out of material for your podcast? And I'm like, no, probably not. <laughs> I don't see it happening. Just, I mean, 50 years. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. And it's still going. So, I actually, I think, befriended Ryan first, which is kind of ironic since you and I do the podcast, Josh. But I clearly remember Ryan being hipster doofus on the Black Sabbath page. <laughs> and you could just tell on that page because it was so deal fronted and deal heavy that me and hipster doofus were always defending Ozzy. And then I started seeing X-Man and I was like, oh, this guy's pretty cool, too. And then we started talking one-offs, which exploded. I, I uh, wrist slapped probably half a dozen times. So, yeah. I mean, those are the days. <laughs> I didn't comment very much. I was more of a lurker. I would comment here and there, but I don't know, man. Sometimes I'd feel like I'd kill conversations in there. I think Ryan is the one that commented the most of the three of us. I commented quite a bit also. I, I definitely enjoyed the conversations on there. But I remember logging on, and I always called you Drago back then, like Rocky Four. And I was like, Drago and Hipster Doofus. And I remember anytime I would see Hipster Doofus respond, I couldn't wait to read the fucking thing. Because I knew it was going to be like literally reading my mind and putting my words in the text for me already on this message board. It was always that way, man. And we always knew we had each other's backs. And there was, at the time, a lot of Aussie hatred on there for sure. Like you said earlier, it was D.O. heavy. But the three of us always kept it real for Aussie and always had the other side of the coin that brought an Aussie spectrum on it. It was always the three of us for sure. Absolutely. So in some news last week, we did have the list of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations came out. Some familiar names on there for us, certainly. We're all definitely Judas Priest fans. And I know we're all have our fingers crossed that Priest will get in. 
What did you guys think about the nomination? Dan, do you care to tell us who all was nominated? Absolutely. I have the list in front of me. So it's a pretty wide variety as it normally is. And, you know, truthfully, a lot of people complain because it's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But let me go through it. So we have Beck, which I'm shocked he's eligible. I mean, that just, nothing against Beck, but I can't believe he's eligible. I can't believe it's been 30 years. Pat Benatar, Kate Bush, Devo, one that I really hope gets in, and I know Ryan is going to agree. Duran Duran, Eminem, mm-hmm. Eurythmics. Judas Priest, Fela Kuti, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say that, MC5, New York Dolls, Dolly Parton, Rage Against the Machine, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, A Tribe Called Quest, and Diane Warwick. And of course, there's a huge omission being one Sir Ozzy Osbourne, and it pisses me off that he doesn't even get nominated. Yeah, well, you know, this is now we're at what Priest is on the ballot, just like a third time. This, to me, is who am I? But this just doesn't mean anything. It seems like such an industry kind of circle jerk thing. The fact that Priest didn't even get through the first time is insanity. But they're all for it. Halford and and uh, Ian, they're all talking about it, and they're ecstatic. I even saw a thing from KK talking yep. about it. That's and right. Th- if it means something to them, I'm all for it. In my music world, tier one is Ozzy Sabbath, and then right below them is Halford Priest. So if they're for it and they want it, what the hell? Go for it. I don't know if you guys saw, it's probably 10 years ago now, and Steve Miller went on his little rant on stage, and he was talking about how it costs, you know, 10 grand her ticket for him to like bring his children or his grandkids and he just he went on this whole spiel they cut his mic and it got all crazy it just that's how i look at it is it's just this giant corporate thing that means more from a financial standpoint than it does an actual award or recognition that's my stance on it but hey i hope they get in they deserve it duran duran deserves it we'll see what happens i think i understand maybe because of my age but i really understand the want to want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I really do get it by Judas Priest and all of these bands and, and artists. It's a huge honor, regardless of the fact that a lot of times they have their head up their ass, but it's really the ultimate accomplishment, right? It's like getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame, the, the Football Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the ultimate compliment of a wonderful music career, and Judas Priest has had an amazing career. They definitely deserve to get in, but there is a heavy metal bias in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and unfortunately, bands like Priest, Maiden still not in. There's a lot of great bands that deserve to be in fuck slayer should be nominated by this point but it's only the top tier bands but my biggest gripe is that ozzy is not even nominated and i know they're going to say he's in with black sabbath but there's been a shit ton of people in with multiple bands and solo ozzy is one of the biggest selling acts of all time in the united states and it blows my mind that it's not even in the discussion yeah it's always felt to me like a lot of the general population just doesn't even realize that he's not in because like you said he is in with black sabbath so i think a lot of people confuse that but going against solo is a totally different animal and i think most people assume he's in as a solo artist also and he's not and he's never been nominated and i just don't understand that there's a lot of people who like you said have been in both as a band situation and a solo situation and I, it just blows my mind that his name's continually left off the list and it's overlooked i don't understand yeah when, when you're talking just out and out accomplishments the solo act after in a huge success band situation to the level that he is is such a small class of people who's in that group mccartney i guess you could maybe say sting guys who've gone on to be solo and just as big as their prior bands i think dave Grohl is in twice with nirvana and with foo fighters too 
Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, to not even be mentioned is kind of crazy, you know, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's to do with him kind of writing his letter and saying, screw off in the early days with Sabbath. Maybe they're just like, yeah, forget it. Yeah, it's weird, but we'll see. I will say, I do feel like the minute he's nominated, he's going to get in because I think all the voters are going to be like, holy shit, Ozzy Osbourne isn't in vote. I do think that once people realize he's not in and he's on the ballot, he'll get in. It's just a matter of getting him on the ballot. I think the issue is people overlook him because he's in with Black Sabbath and they think that's enough. You know, they have that bias against heavy metal and I don't think they want to recognize Ozzy twice. I do think that's the issue. So I'm not quite sure, but I do think they just look at Ozzy and go, well, Black Sabbath was super influential. That's enough. That's good enough. We don't need to give him any more. Yeah, it could be. Does it bother you guys that non-rock and roll bands make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yes. Yes. When they make it before a very long list of very successful established bands, yeah, I do. You can't make any sense of not having a priest or a maiden and then having some of the other ones that have gotten in these last few years. Names are escaping me at the moment, but it just doesn't make sense. There's no reasoning for it. Yeah, and even somebody like Pat Benatar, how is she not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? She might be the greatest female rock vocalist of all time, and she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, Yeah, I I love her. Big fan of hers. I agree totally. And you know, I live in the South. You can't live in Appalachia and not love Dolly Parton. Love her. She don't need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I disagree totally. If that's the case, then let's put Ozzy Osbourne in the Country Music Hall of Fame. It's the same fucking difference. Right. I just don't agree with it. I do understand hip-hop a little bit more because it at least has that rock edge to it to where it's against the status quo kind of thing. But still yet, like Ryan said, there's so many deserving rock artists who are still waiting that moment. And, you know, I do want to back up the conversation for one second and say when Dan said it was one of the highest caliber recognitions you can receive and it's a way of capping your career, I will say I've always kind of been like, fuck the rock hall myself. But at the same time, man, I was elated last year when Randy Rhodes got in. So I definitely can't act now like I don't care when it meant so much to me when Randy got in last year. You know, one more thing, though, about Priest getting into the Hall of Fame that definitely kind of shocks me. I know it's not supposed to be political, and we definitely don't want to get political on this show or any kind of things like that. But, you know, Rob Halford being the first openly gay guy in metal music and hard rock music, that was so groundbreaking also and before its time. You would think the Rock and Hall of Fame factors everything in, right? It's not just the music. It's the characters, and it's it's all of it. And the fact that he was so ahead of his time to come out openly as a a gay man in hard rock and heavy metal that definitely speaks for the group also and their argument to be inducted i think spot on he is absolutely perfect for that because i don't understand how the rock and roll hall of fame doesn't really jump all over that truthfully because it is a great message and huge storyline yeah huge storyline i think that's a great point how many gay men in the 80s felt so much more comfortable with their self or at peace with their self when they found out that Rob Halford was gay. I'm sure it's countless. Yeah. yeah. And outside of Rob Halford, Freddie Mercury too. I mean, they were so much themselves on stage. You know, this shouldn't come as a secret, but before Rob ever came out of the closet, we all knew that he was a homosexual man. You just could tell by his movements on stage. And, you know, there were stories around here in Phoenix and everything as well, but it definitely was not a shock when he came out. But I agree with you that this is absolutely a great story and it should be celebrated by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And before Dan came out of the closet, I knew he was a homosexual man also. <laughs> and I knew you were, Josh. I mean, that was, <laughs> was going to come together. Oh, Why do you think I hit him up? It's so street level. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are the worst. 
So before we get into the battle, one more thing we want to throw out at everyone. As far as we know, no new news on the Aussie record. We do not exactly know what the holdup is. I expected a single personally back all the way in December. We're now in the middle of February and we have nothing. Time will tell. Something's holding us up. There's... Without question, Dan, the album's been pushed back to summer now at the very earliest, right? Yeah, I totally agree. We have no official word, but there would definitely have been a single by now if it was going to come out by April. We were looking at it real close this week, and there's a lot of great bands that released singles this week on Friday, and their albums are coming out in May, June, almost end of July. So I don't understand how Ozzy doesn't have a single out yet. He did come out last week and say that it's slow moving and they are making progress, but they were close to done months ago, so I I don't really know what the holdup is. It could be the vinyl thing that we talked about last week. There's shortage in certain cardboard or or even record vinyl themselves. So there's something holding the record up, but I, I can't believe it's not done. I mean, to this point, you would think the mastering is done, the mixing is done, the, you know, they've done photography for the artwork, you know, for the, the cover. And I don't know, it's been so awkwardly radio silent. And I know we've talked about it. It's driving me insane. It's silent. Like you said, back in October, November, we were getting news every time we turned around. Yeah. And it's been complete silence ever since. But like we mentioned before on the show, you can always release the single. I mean, you know, they released Under the Graveyard as a single and then Straight to Hell as a single, independent of the album i would imagine they'll probably go a similar route again so i'm really staggered that at least a single hasn't been dropped just to get everyone's excitement up for the new record even if the album itself is a few months out because the world's waiting on it they know the world's waiting on it and you can release a single and still continue working on the rest of the album and getting it completed for release at whatever date you have planned like we said maybe the uh, the vinyl holdups the issue and that's like what six months down the road shit they don't even have to release the single i think we would all be excited it's the middle of february if they release banners that just said coming March 3rd. I don't know what the date is, but the new Ozzy single. They could even just put that out there and I think everybody would lose their shit. Yeah, just to have a little heads up, we feel like we're out in the cold right now and no one's telling us anything. So yeah, I could see what you're saying. Just to let us know what's going on. you know, Or, yeah. or just do like Dave Mustaine did and just flat fucking say, well, there's a vinyl backlog and we're waiting on that before we release the new album. Right. And at the very least you respect knowing where the process is and what's going on right now. It's just like you said radio silent and we really haven't been told anything in a long time hey do you guys remember the aussie site for black rain where you would have to like click on hidden things to hear clips of the songs fuck yes it was amazing i loved <laughs> it i spent all day on that fucking site yes it's back and forth just clicking those little fucking bats or whatever and making yes. them like play the clips and shit hell yeah it's like awesome. exciting man yeah. Yeah, yeah they could do something like that i was in college i think i missed a few classes with that when that came out <laughs> It's such good times. Man, you know, we are a little spoiled right now with the internet world and how quickly we do tend to get things. It makes it harder to wait. I got no doubt it'll be worth the wait, but it's hard when you don't hear anything. It's like Dan said, if we can just get a nugget. We've not had a nugget in two months. It's killing us. So Yeah, and I know Josh has talked about this before because he's a little older than you, Ryan, but back in the day, man, I'm telling you, and this all started as early as probably the ultimate sin for me, literally listening to our local radio station all day with the tape in there, hoping that they'd play the new Aussie song because I'd heard rumors it was out and I have to listen for hours upon hours. And then when it would come on, I'd tape it and then I'd have a copy of it. But those were long ass days, man, to have to listen to the fucking radio all day to hope to hear the new Aussie single. I did that too. I mean, I was a young kid, but I did that for um, when it was the tail end where I just want you was coming out. And then I did it again when I knew back on earth was coming out. Oh, that's so, awesome. Have those ta- I definitely did that. I mean, I was, you know, 10 years old, but I sat there and I recorded and I remember turning the tape over because it ran out of time and I eventually did get it. So, yeah, I have very fond memories of doing that for 
for Perry Mason. And they didn't announce the song. And I heard the intro music and instantly just hit record. I could tell it was Ozzy like within seconds. And you would always take the cassette tape and add more songs to it and make it like a greatest hits album so that it wasn't empty. And then just mostly jam that one song over and over, though. Yeah, I would just jam the song over and over for sure. Yeah. Back in the day, too, I used to have to call Tower Records all the time. They used to probably hate me. And I'd be like, yeah, I was just calling to see if you had a release date for the new Ozzy record yet. Uh, Yeah, it's coming out, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how I'd have to find out when the release date comes. Then I call back and they'd be like, oh, no, I got pushed back a month. It's coming out now. There was no internet. So it was definitely, yeah. you know, I'd call Tower Records weekly on artists like, hey, when this new, the new Slayer and Metallica coming out? Because you would hear snippets like, oh, the new Ozzy record's called, you know, No Rest for the Wicked. But uh, fuck, no release date. You know, they didn't say that in the magazines. Yeah. I was going to say all we had was the magazines and they were monthly. And yeah. honestly, by the time you got that in today's society, that news is a month old. Easy. You Agreed. Know? But at the time, it was all we had and you loved it. But yeah, is all we had was Metal Edge and Hit Parader and Circus and all that stuff to yeah. read and follow up with. So yeah. Faces. Yeah. I would loved, and it was two things. I would buy metal magazines and wrestling magazines. And that was my Saturday. I'd go to the local drugstore and see what new magazines were out. For sure. Nice. So also, one more thing I want to discuss with you guys before we get into this week's topic is if you're listening on release date, tomorrow, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre drops on Netflix, and I couldn't be more stoked. Are you guys excited for this one? Yeah, I can't wait. So the series as a whole has kind of been very hit or miss. I, I love the original. I love the 2003 remake. That mixed reactions to that from a lot of people, but I fucking love it. And I love the prequel that they did after it. Based on the trailers, it looks like a blast. I can't wait. I'm super stoked, and I like the same exact ones, Ryan. I love the remake, but the first one is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I don't like part two very well, but for some reason, I have a real love for part three. I don't know why, but I yes. love that Chainsaw Massacre part three. Me but too. I will tell you, it looks very reminiscent of what they're doing with the Halloween movies, which they're hit or miss for me, I'll be honest. But what you guys don't realize is me, Ryan, and Josh could probably do a horror movie podcast. It is a huge love of ours, as well as Ozzy. And Josh, you're spot on. I cannot fucking wait for this to come out. Yeah, for sure. I'm just like you, man. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Leatherface. I fucking love that movie. And I can't understand why that one isn't bigger. To yeah. me, it should be on AMC every horror fest, every October. It should be right there with all the other classics because it's just such a good, fun movie. And really, it's exactly what I would love for this new one to be. Just a fun slasher flick of Leatherface fucking people up with a chainsaw. Agreed. That's all I really want it to be. So many people laughed at the trailer when he says, you're going to get canceled, bro, or whatever. And then it shows Leatherface to do it up against the bus chainsaw on his ass that's exactly what i want i just want it to be fun my one complaint with the trailers i am a little nervous like you said they bring back sally hardesty and it looks so much like laurie strode from halloween 50 years later i've waited for this night it seems so identical i hope it doesn't play out to be so close when you actually see it in film as to what it appears that halloween 2018 was but either way totally pumped for Leatherface. And can't wait to watch it. Agreed. Is this? Hope it's better than part four. Oh, I, it's actually easy, easy enough. <laughs> Listen, that last one that they actually called Leatherface again, which kills me. The one where they're like children and shit. That was fucking awful. That is not a that is not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I don't know what anyone was thinking slapping that title and name on that. It has yeah. nothing to do with anything. And it's Man, uh, the Matthew McConaughey one for me is garbage. The Matthew McConaughey one is rough. Yeah. yeah. That series went down the rabbit hole of just like anyone throwing anything they could at it, just like they did with Hellraiser. You're like, what is this? This isn't even the slightest bit like how it used, you know, yeah. what it's roots were and well hopefully th- th- maybe this will be the turnaround it looks like it even if it's not the turnaround it looks like fun i'm gonna have a few beers and have fun 
So for sure, like you guys, I do want to throw out there. I do love the remake also, the 2003 remake. I love the beginning, yeah. the follow up three hit, and the one I think is really underrated is the Texas Chainsaw 3D, which was the one before the last Leatherface shitty one. It was so bad. The one where his the timeline's all fucked up and it's his niece or whatever that ends up inheriting the family home and Leatherface is in the basement. I thought that one was actually really fun. Also, I like that one a lot. And that girl on there, that fucking Andrea Daddario or whatever, oh, fuck. fuck me, right? <laughs> If that no isn't question. the most beautiful woman on film, I don't know who is. She is gorgeous. But that was a good movie. Also, it was real fun. I'll be honest. We're going to try to rewatch all of them in the next couple of weeks before it comes out. So we're super excited. Nice. So listen, okay. Ryan Beavers is here. So everybody knows what that means. That means we are doing a battle, ladies and gentlemen. We're super excited because the gloves are coming off this episode. We got No More Tears taking on Osmosis. Two Zach Wild driven records that are both powerful. Powerhouses, one of Ozzy's most popular records and one of Ozzy's most underrated records. And I cannot wait to see how it ends up. What a battle. What do you guys think today? I can't wait. As soon as you guys threw the topic out at me, it's like, fuck, I'm in. Uh, I, st- I started on the promo stuff almost immediately. And you know, this is my kind of my baptism era. Nine-year-old little kid is right before Osmosis, after Live and Loud. And again, no internet, no anything. And I just knew he was in retirement. And once Perry Mason hit, it was like, he's back. I didn't know what that meant at that age, but I just knew that the kind of the world was like in a little bit of a upheaval because of it. And that's where my love for everything Ozzy kind of took place. So I'm probably the most excited about this battle than I of, of the three. Yeah, I'm ready. Very similar story for me, man. I came in when I first got into my Aussie fandom, Live and Loud had just came out. So really, you know, we came in right about the same time. And I remember thinking, damn, I'll never have new material from Aussie because he's retired. And when Osmosis came out, I was just so excited for it. But also, I was brought up on the No More Tears era. That was the new album when I got into my fandom. So I definitely have a love affair for both. No doubt, two gargantuan tanks getting ready to collide. I can't wait to see how it turns out. I think we all three of us are on the same page about sabotage being our favorite Sabbath. I always looked at Osmosis as kind of like Ozzy's sabotage, like it's beyond heavy, beyond dark. I think it's it's like a second wave of Ozzy's like best vocal performances, yeah. solo career. And it's also kind of like the maligned portion of his career where a lot of people are like, yeah, that was the, the start of like the spiral. The same way that people talk about sabotage. And of course, we know that's bullshit, but it's like the timelines kind of just work out similarly. And I just, I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but that's kind of how I always looked at it as time has gone on and yeah, i think uh, that's a great analysis yeah and it's spot on yeah, yeah i think you're dead on man for sure and even vocally i mean ozzy does such a performance on osmosis just like he did on sabotage like it comes out of nowhere with that vocal performance that is just top notch so it's so many similarities i agree totally yeah i agree i can easily and comfortably say osmosis is the best vocal performance of ozzy's solo career just like i can say sabotage is the best vocal performance of sabbath's career absolutely agreed so the first album, No More Tears, was released September 17th, 1991, produced by Dwayne Barron and John Purdell. It does have 11 songs, so we are going to add a Osmosis B-side to make the battle match up perfectly. And I will get to which song that is here in a minute. And Osmosis was released October 23rd, 1995, produced by Michael Beinhorn. And again, that album has 10 songs. It has so many B-sides, but the boys and I got together and we felt that Whole World's Falling Down, which was the Japanese bonus track is the one that makes the most sense to include here in the battle. So that will be added on so we have an 11 versus 11 battle. 
Can I jump in here and say thank you for the clarification on Beinhorn? Josh was driving me crazy with his beanhorn. <laughs> I, I always said Beinhorn, and of course, I was guessing. And then, like, as soon as I heard that on YouTube and like interviews, I'm like, it is Beinhorn, damn it. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for the clarification. It, it is Phil Susan, also, damn it. So fuck off to Dan, hey, also. I say Phil Susan <laughs> for some fucking reason, and I know I'm way off. <laughs> Okay. All right. Dan, and Dan and our friend Alan from the Sabotage documentary says Patrick Meehan. Yep. And apparently the British say it's Meehan. So, yep. you know, whatever. Well, take it on, uh, Dan Dragoon. Go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. Most people call me Drago. It drives me crazy. All Drago. right. Drago. Yes, it is. It's Drago. That is right. All right. So, first up, we have Mr. Tinker Train, written by Ozzy Osbourne, Zach Wilde, and Randy Castillo, versus Perry Mason, written by Ozzy Osbourne, Zach Wilde, and John Perdue. All right, Josh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Where do we start? All right, man. For me, this one's kind of easy. I do love me some Mr. Tinker Train. I love it. But man, Perry Mason is Perry fucking Mason. It was a song I set by the radio for literally an hour, hour and a half, two hours, waiting to record that day. Click and record the minute I heard that synthesizer intro, knowing that was my man, Ozzy. Perry Mason, all day, all the way. What about you, Ryan? Same thing. Perry Mason. That was my, again, kind of my baptism. The very first new thing that I heard. I remember sitting in the car with my dad. They introduced it and he cranked up the radio because he knew I kind of had like that vibe going with Ozzy prior. I remember jamming out to that. And yeah, I mean, it, you can't beat those experiences. So Perry Mason, you know, 10 out of 10 times. Ryan, let me ask, is your dad an Aussie fan at all? Or was he jamming that with you? Or how was that? So my background, it comes from no one. I don't have an older brother that introduced me or any cousins that introduced me. My parents were like Prince and Billy Squire people, which I enjoy quite a bit. Ozzy just happened for me. How that happened, I don't know. It just kind of took over. And strangely enough, my parents have become very big Ozzy fans in the course of the years. Gone to cool. a number of shows with us over the years. So it, it was like the reverse effect. So oh, that's awesome. Good deal. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah. They saw your enjoyment and it all began with Perry Mason and they yep. saw how much you enjoyed that and how it changed your life. And then they allowed it to come into their lives also. That's pretty cool, man. Awesome. That's a great story. So no secret here, I clearly go Perry Mason. It is one of Ozzy's best songs ever. The vocal performance is on fire. It's one of my favorite Zach Wilde riffs and guitar solos. Man, the first time I heard that guitar solo, my jaw dropped. It's it's when Zach was really, really writing great solos. And that fucking bridge, you know, wake me when it's over, tell me it's all right. My God, it's one of the best melodies Ozzy's ever come up with. What a great start to a record. Great intro, great bass playing by Geezer. There's just no touching Perry Mason. But Mr. Take a Train is is great. I don't want to overlook it. I do think it gets overlooked as maybe one of Ozzy's most overlooked openers on his record. And I think Mr. Tinker Train is incredibly solid. Quite not a fan of the 45 second intro. I always try to skip it, to be honest. I wish it would have just started with the cool guitars, but another great vocal performance. I love the low melody Ozzy sings there. Kind of rem reminiscent of Priest sometimes when Halford sings low, but great, great song. And I love the breakdown, but clearly Perry Mason. You know, one thing I want to say, I do agree with you totally on the bridge and Perry Mason. It's just absolutely fucking over the top and it makes the song and i love the music video to perry mason i thought it was just so cool 
cool and out there. And I remember seeing, you know, times were different back then. But, you know, when he's in the movie theater and there's like five, six different Aussies sitting there, this thing, how fucking cool that was, man. And the visual meant so much back in that time. In the 80s and 90s and videos were so huge. The visual meant so much. And I always loved that. But one thing I wanted to run by you guys also, Mr. Tinker Train, did you all ever think maybe your cassette tape was fucked up when it just ended so abruptly like that? Because that really mind fucked me when I was growing up. It didn't me because I knew I went straight to hole in the sky. It was like, oh, he's kind of doing a hole in the sky thing here. I definitely thought something was up. Yeah, <laughs> but not again, me. Yeah, yeah. again, you're like a real young kid. What what do I know? But uh, yeah, it is a great outro, though. It is, oh, but it definitely sure. connect the dots now when you mention years later just like you mentioned with holding this guy it, it made perfect sense yeah but for me and ryan this was really one of the first album releases of our lifetime and this is kind of our introduction to ozzy this era so we really weren't as familiar with holding the sky yet to, uh-huh. to connect that dot and i remember just thinking what the fuck and just going back and back and checking that out over and over and it's like what the fuck is up with this but now as an adult i find it to be completely genius i love it kids oh kids <laughs> <laughs> old man oh old man <laughs> I do want to bring out the end of Mr. Tinker Train always, always kicks ass, man. I love listening to that ending. And I'm not talking about the sudden stop. I just love that outro, man. Ozzy. It's the fucking groove. Yeah, yes. that groove. It's so fucking good. Matter of fact, it bums me out when it ends because I wish it would just yeah. keep on going. But great, great Ozzy's, song. Yeah, because Ozzy's completely just fucking letting it rip, man. Yeah, he sounds great. Mr. Tinker Train. And he's just there fucking letting it go, man. Yeah, man. That's Absolutely. fucking good shit. I got chill bumps right now. Love but it. Mm. Unfortunately, it goes against Perry May. Mason and there is no denying Perry Mason. So all three of us, a Perry Mason sweep. All right. Up next, we have Grammy Award winning I Don't Want to Change the World, written by Ozzy, Zach Wilde, Randy Castillo, and Lemmy Kilmeister, who will be saying a lot over these records, versus I Just Want You with Ozzy and Jim Valance doing the songwriting. All right, Ryan, we're going to start with you. What do you think? I'm going to go I Just Want You for similar reasons to Perry Mason, but I, I Just Want You is just so, it's such an unorthodox song, at least in like the, the composition for like Ozzy's discography as a whole. It kind of just stands out. It's The timing is different. His delivery is just different. I love what Wakeman is doing throughout the whole song. It is, by and large, my favorite video of all time. Speaking of Jim Valance, you know, him and Ozzy did I Just Want You in Walk on Water, and they're two just kind of quirky as far as like, you know, the rhyming and the patterns that they went with, but I absolutely love it. And I really wish that they had done more work together, be it on this album or, you know, down to earth, whatever. Because I recall reading one interview with Valance in particular, he just had an absolute blast writing with Ozzy, and it just, I wish they would have done more together. But yeah, it just, they just, they were really succinct and uh, just really made a, a perfect song, and I just want you. I could have sworn I've read they do have other songs written together that are just sitting around demos on Jim Valance's computer. I thought he said he, they wrote four or five together, but they've only released the two. So yeah, I would I, love to get my hands on that. Yeah, definitely. They, they 100% wrote more. I don't know how much was recorded, but I do recall reading that they definitely wrote a couple more songs together. And I'm like, you guys, I'd like to hear that. I would love to have Jim on, man. That is a Diary of the Madman guest. That would be perfect for our listeners. All right, so I'm going to go I Just Want You in kind of a landslide. I'm not going to lie. I think I Just Want You is fucking incredible. It's one of the most different sounding songs in Ozzy's catalog. I agree totally with Ryan. I think Ozzy and Jim Valance, or is it Jim Valance, are on 
fucking fire here. And I'm going to tell you right now, the ending of this song is Ozzy's best outro of his career. It is the best vocal performance. It gives me chills every time I listen to it. I love the rhyming patterns. I really don't understand what the song's about, but at the end of the day, I really, really dig it. I do like I Don't Want to Change the World, especially the bridge that comes out with the slow bridge. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's a great song, and I I wish he would kind of retire it from the live stage. Just okay. To me, I just want you crushes it. What about you, Josh? For me, this one actually is a little tougher than it is for you guys because I do think I Don't Want to Change the World is a great song. I believe it suffers from fatigue from the live set. I think had that been a song he dropped after the No More Tours tour or after, you know, the next tour after that, that we probably would view it a little more favorably than we do. But that said, I also go, I just want you. Ryan really summed up perfectly my views on I Just Want You and how it's just different. It stands out. Extremely recognizable track. There's no other Ozzy song that sounds like it. It's totally its own thing. As Ozzy said on the live bootleg from Chile, he wrote it while he was taking a dump. We know that part isn't true, but right. it's a great story to tell on stage. <laughs> but no, I just want you, man. It's so fucking great. And like you said, that outro when he's screaming, I'm all in. So fucking good. I don't want to change the world, though. I do really love, I think that's your prototypical Ozzy song. You know what I mean? Like that's what Ozzy prototypically sounds like. Definitely thankful for the Grammy it brought in, but I just want you to use totally its own thing. And I definitely lean that one. You know, for anyone listening and interested, you can go to Jim Valance has a website and he actually breaks down pretty much every song that he's co-written. And he does have I Just Want You and Walk on Water on there. He's uploaded scans of like the liner notes, you know, crossed out a couple different ridiculous lines that they were like rhyming together. Um, there's even snippets of... I just want you the demo yep. that he did with yeah. Ozzy in 94. And it's like, and it's Jim on all instruments and just Ozzy doing his thing. It was really cool to see how that morphed into what it is. Uh, and I've always been kind of crushed that that song in particular didn't stay in the set because I just thought it was, again, so different. And I, I always loved how it came off live. Yeah, I love that he played it on David Letterman too, which I do go back and watch quite often. Of course, I had to VCR tape it when it was originally done, so I'd have it forever. But great, great same. performance. Yeah, yeah, the same. And Ryan, thank you for bringing up Jim Valance's website because that is a killer little site. Like you said, it has all those details on it. And I'm glad you mentioned also the demo because I've always wanted to hear that full demo so bad <laughs> i just want to hear that so bad it's definitely worth going over there and just clicking to hear that link if nothing else just for that clip of the original version of i just want you it's really cool all right so next up we have ozzy's mega hit mama i'm coming home written by ozzy zach and lemmy versus the classic ozzy land track ghost behind my eyes written by ozzy osborne mark hudson and steve dudas tough battle i do love both of these songs ghost behind my eyes is excellent but i am a sucker for mama I'm coming home. I know some people are kind of burnt out on it, but I am not. I think it's one of Ozzy's coolest vocal performances, a fucking fantastic melody. I've teared up many a times for some reason during this song when I see him live. This is the one that moves me the most when I go see him. I just think it's a beautifully written song, a gorgeous guitar solo by Zach. I love playing the song on the guitar. And it's not a slam on Ghost Behind My Eyes because I do like Ghost Behind My Eyes quite a bit. It's a great vocal performance by Ozzy. It's a really haunting song. I love the Ozzy land version as well that has been leaked but this is my mom coming home for me what about you josh everything you said man you've nailed it mom i'm coming home is 
and Ozzy staple for all time. That's a song people will be listening to in another 50 years. You know what I mean? Like it is such a fucking beautiful song, such great lyrics and melody. Ghost Behind My Eyes is definitely a track that I totally am in love with. I play it on guitar all the time, same as you do, Mama, I'm Coming Home. Like you said, very haunting, but Mama, I'm Coming Home is Mama, I'm Coming Home. That's, that's all you really got to say about it. It's a perfect ballad for Ozzy Osbourne. Like he could not do a better ballad in my eyes than Mama, I'm Coming Home. It's exactly what he wants it to be. Yeah, I can't say it any different, really. You know, I there's so much of me wants to go with Ghost Behind My Eyes because there's definitely Mama, I'm Coming Home fatigue, you know, without a doubt. I mean, it's just, it's on, you know, every radio station out here. and But yeah, you, you just can't beat it. It's a perfectly, perfectly crafted song. But I will say, and I might be in the minority here, but I prefer the demo. I love that kind of rough pre-polished Ozzy vocal that he did. Um, it's just so much more raw. There's so much more emotion that kind of bleeds through. I gotta go with my middle. You know, one thing about the Mama I'm Coming Home demo that Ryan mentioned, though, I I do agree with everything you had to say about that. But the one thing that I love about it, but that I don't like about it as much as the original, you know, when you hear a demo, even if you don't prefer this thing, you do love things that are different, right? Because it's different than what you're used to. But on the course, I've seen your face a thousand times, you know, on the demo he goes to a lower register on that, and it kind of seen your face a thousand times. Whereas studio version, seeing your face, it kind of goes up higher. You know what right. I'm trying to say? I do prefer the studio cut of that, the way they changed that part of the course. But at the same time, I love the demo for the fact that it is different. It's so fun to hear the different version of that. Yeah, I clearly like the original studio version much better than the demo. I don't dislike the demo, but for me, it's perfection. And for some reason, and I don't know why it's like this for certain songs, I have zero fatigue for my mom coming home. Every time it comes on, I'm fucking, I'm in, all in. But I'm with you, man. I don't either. Yeah, I don't either. No, no fatigue. You know, but Crazy Train comes on. I'm, I'm not shutting it off, but I'm fatigued yeah. as fuck. I love the way he pitches his voice up on the studio version as opposed to down on the demo. His voice goes down on the demo. And like I said, I do love that for the fact that it's different. But ultimately, I prefer the version where he pitches his voice up on the chorus. I just kind of prefer that take on it. But both are great for what they are. And it's fun that they are different. All right. Up next, we have Desire off of No More Tears, written by Ozzy, Zach, Randy Castillo, and Lemmy, versus Thunder Underground, written by Ozzy, Geezer Butler, and Zach Wild. All right, Josh, why don't you start us off? Yeah, this is definitely where the fucking battle's going to kick it up a little couple notches, I think, for sure. And I think we're going to start having different opinions on things. I love Thunder Underground. I remember when that song came out, it's just so fucking heavy and brutal. And I remember, you know, I was young, and I was kind of like this, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like, how do they even do that? You know, like, it's the simplest thing ever now that I know how to play guitar. But it was like, that's so damn neat. What is that? And I remember just knowing this song was so inspired. You know, Geezer Butler was a co-writer, and you could just hear that Geezer thing in there. So it, it had so much going for it. But at the same time, I do love Desire. Desire has so much energy. I've just always loved, you know, the high hole silver. It just, it's fun. It's a fun song. It's not so serious, but I do like the energy of Desire. I like the riffage on that. I think Zach's got a killer solo on that one also. So for me, I lean Desire, but this is a very tough one. What do you got, Ryan? You know, I, I got to go to Desire, too. I just, I love, you know, the arrangement, the energy of it. The chorus is just, just a blast. And then that's no slight to Thunder Underground, because I, it might be the most perfectly titled song of all time. Like, if you got a decent system, even if you don't have a decent system, like, you turn that to 11, and you are, you're feeling it. And you're feeling it in, the, in your feet and the foundation, and what a balls-to-the-wall 
unbelievably heavy track and just everyone on cloud nine with that just doing the, the top of the top but still not enough to, to take away from what i love and desire and again another one that i kind of wish didn't fall off the set list as early as it did dan and i have talked about that before and this one that i also think should have stayed in the set list a little longer but i gotta say no one you two guys and we've not got dan's pick yet but i am totally one way my mouth dropped ryan when you said desire i did not expect that at all glad to be able to kind of throw a wrench <laughs> in the system <laughs> so this is right. not as tough as you would think i do think thunder underground is perfectly titled that is beautiful ryan at the end of the day, this is going to surprise you, but I think Desire is considerably better. I think it's got a great verse melody. It's fun as shit. It's got a great tempo. I loved it live. This is the song that should have stayed in the set over I Don't Want to Change the World. To me, I yeah, think Desire cool. is much better. I like Thunder Underground, but it's probably maybe my least like song on Osmosis. It's a little too drudgy for me. The part in the bridge where... Ozzy talks about, could it be that I found my mind or have I gone insane, roller coaster of madness, and there's only me to blame? I love the lyrics there, especially sure. that they bring in Hand of Doom, which is geezer writing, of course, and throwing a, a great ode to Sabbath. But Ozzy's voice is really high-pitched there and actually grates on my nerves a little bit, as much as Ozzy can. For me, Ozzy's almost too high in the song. If I was producing him, I'd have him sing it a, a whole step lower, to be honest. I think Desire is the better song here. Great guitar solo. Fun song, even though I don't like that they say crazy train, crazy train. But at the end of the day, Desire checks all the boxes. When I was younger and he would say, same old Desire, crazy train. I always took that as, and I know this is probably wrong now, but when I was little, I took that as that he was fatigued on playing crazy train all the time. Like, oh, it's, he's probably just burned out on crazy train. He's tired of people asking for crazy train all the time. You know? And I remember just thinking that when I was, you know, 13 years old and kind of reading too much into that lyric, you know. I think I'm yeah. I'm more surprised by Dan picking Desire than I am me picking Desire. Listen, <laughs> my jaw dropped on that one also. I am blown away. I did not see Desire sweeping this battle. For sure, the, I was the outlier in picking Desire in this one. So that's pretty surprising. Up next, two heavy hitters, man. This is tough. Tough, tough battle. Maybe one of the two toughest on this record. There's three that are really tough, actually. We have the amazing title track, No More Tears. Of course, written by Ozzy, Zach Wilde, Randy Castillo, Mike Inez, and John Purdell versus the classic See You on the Other Side, written by Ozzy, Lemmy, and Zach Wilde. Ryan, why don't you start us off? Man, I knew the orders that you were going that I was going to end up having to pick this first. For me, this is the hardest one of this battle of all three battles we've done so far. There's just so much emotion and so much passion in these songs for a multitude of reasons. And it just, it kills me that I have to pick one. I, I can't not pick No More Tears. Like, it's just, it is quintessential Ozzy. I think it's one of the most perfectly crafted songs of, of his discography. Knowing the story that it was kind of thrown together last minute, it wasn't even originally demoed. All that stuff came of Ozzy lying on the couch and singing the chorus that he kind of just made up on the spot without even intending it to be a song is it's such a cool story it hurts to not pick see you on the other side for many many reasons but i, I gotta go no more tears yeah this is tough I'll, I'll tell you out of the battle these are the two best songs that are facing each other right you know we have a couple of great battles coming up but for sure these are the two that both of these could potentially be top 10 ozzy songs definitely top 20 I fucking love See You on the Other Side. Again, a beautiful outro, great lyrics, great bridge, great guitar work. I fucking love the guitar solo. 
Ozzy's performance is wonderful. This is one I think the studio album version blows the demo away without the backgrounds and vocals and the saxophone. Not that I mind it, but for me, the, the studio version is special. But this is no more fucking tears. This is maybe Ozzy at his best. There's something creepy, rhythmic. Everything is fucking perfect about No More Tears. It is one of Ozzy's best iconic songs. And I'll be honest, See You on the Other Side might win any battle on this, but No More Tears. No More Tears has Zach Wilde's best guitar solo of his career. No question, it is his most iconic, best lead. It just cements an already brilliant song. The orchestration, the Beatle vibes, it's just unfucking touchable No More Tears wins this one. What about you, Josh? There's absolutely nothing I can say that you guys haven't already said about this battle. I mean, both of these tracks are just absolutely epic and iconic. See You on the Other Side, written for Ozzy's dear friend Sam Kennison after he passed, definitely touches a nerve every time you hear it. It's just such a beautiful song. I think it's my wife's favorite Ozzy song. But man, like you guys both said, no more tears is no more fucking tears. I mean, there's no way you can go against it. Like you said, perfectly crafted, the quintessential Ozzy track. The beautiful breakdown in the middle. Zach's best guitar solo of his career. Mike Inez plays that killer bass riff, man. And then, you know, next thing you know, the song is written, bam, on on a whim. And Dan, you're in a band also, same as me. You know, those are always the best ones, man. Those ones that just organically grow so quick from the ground up. Under the Graveyard did that on Ordinary Man. And there's just something about those tracks that come together that way, man. And No More Tears is fucking absolutely iconic. You got to go No More Tears. Wow, we are still all in agreement. So we are done what I would consider side one, and we have no more tears winning three to two. It is definitely kind of surprising, but exciting. It's definitely been a great battle, but I'm shocked we have no difference between us. I think that's going to change a little bit here when we start diving into the backside of the record. I'm not very shocked to say for the exception of Desire. That's the only one that's really shocked me. Otherwise, I kind of thought you guys might go the same way as I did on these. But I, I think this back half of both of these records is when it really starts getting more iffy on what you prefer because the front halves are so are so heavy loaded and the back halves are cult classics. Songs that the diehard fans love but that the general public have maybe never even heard. And I think now we'll see what the nitty gritty really is on which album is going to win the battle because now it's kind of getting where the rubber meets the road. All right, so what we have up next to start the second part of this battle is S.I.N., originally titled Won't Be Coming Home, S.I.N., written by Ozzy, Zach, and Randy Castillo, versus Tomorrow, written by Ozzy, Zach, John Perdell, and Dwayne Barron, almost a return of the No More Tears team. I will start this one off. These are two heavy hitters. This is the one I had the hardest time choosing between because I think they're both really, really close. There are things I love. A lot about both of them. SIN also has wonderful guitar playing by Zach. It's got that cool intro. You know, even though Ozzy sings on the demo and he doesn't sing on the album version over the acoustic intro, but it's still really killer. Ozzy has some wonderful melodies on SIN. I love the fact that it's about a drunk driver. Definitely different lyrics from the demo as well, but SIN stands for Shadows in the Night. It's a solid song. I think one of Ozzy's most overlooked ones. You know how we talk about Ozzy having those forgettable songs like we talked about with Never? I kind of feel like SIN is one of them, and it's much too good to be forgettable. But Tomorrow is a fucking crusher. That guitar riff is unbeatable, and I have to say this is one of Ozzy's top performances of his solo career, the raw energy, the raw passion. You could just hear his fucking vocal cords tearing when he sings this song. And it's unbelievable. And I love, love Zach's guitar solo. Maybe the best solo outside of Perry Mason on this record. 
for me in a very, very close battle, I go tomorrow. What about you, Josh? Yeah, I go tomorrow also. I do love SIN. Some bluesy guitar leaks in there. Like you said, great melody from Ozzy. But ultimately, I think tomorrow is a fucking monster. You called it a crusher a second ago. I like that phrase. Tomorrow was one of my favorite songs of Ozzy's catalog. It just, there's so many great things about tomorrow that I love. Even just the opening, da 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 Have you read the message? It's just so fucking creepy and eerie and haunting. When the chorus kicks in, and just, it, I feel like the guitar side, it's just so fucking awesome. I love this song. I speak a lot on the show about how there's certain songs that remind me of the album, and they kind of speak for the record. I think Tomorrow is Mine for Osmosis. It just It's what Osmosis sounds like to me, and that song is just so fucking good. I go tomorrow. What about you, Ryan? I've already actually marked you down, but go ahead. Why don't you give us your answer? Tomorrow. It's honestly one of my favorite songs of his career period and i and i think this is like you talked about the the shredding of the vocal cords i think this might have been if i had to guess and i was a fly on the wall this is one of the tracks where ozzy was like fuck you to Beinhorn." <laughs> i mean god i i can't even fathom doing a line let alone multiple like an entire verse and he's just hitting it you know, just brutal. I mean, it's so different in the very beginning. Ozzy in that different, deep register, and it's so haunting. And yeah, I, I honestly think it's one of his most underrated tracks just of all time. A lot like I Just Want You, very unorthodox. It's not anything where you're like, oh, this reminds me of something, nothing. It's just, it's its own category. Yeah, it's tomorrow. There was no hesitation there. It's also kind of a forgotten song like S.I.N. I mean, you really don't hear much about tomorrow, and it's just amazing. Absolutely, I agree. It's, it's, it is kind of an underrated, forgotten track of Ozzy's catalog. Like Ryan said, it's very different. It stands alone like I Just Want You does. It definitely has its own thing going. This is such a great fucking song. Up next, we have Hellraiser, written by Ozzy, Zach, and Lemmy, versus Denial, written by Ozzy, Mark Hudson, and Steve Dudas. Again, another Ozzy Land track. Ryan, won't you start us off here? This was, I guess, a little bit more difficult. I'm going to go with another Osmosis choice and Denial. It's not typical Ozzy. And that's not to say that Hellraiser is. It, it's so different. And I have a hard time even kind of categorizing it or coming up with logical adjectives to describe it. I'm just going to leave it at that. I love, I love the track. It's different. I, I'm a big fan of Hellraiser. I love that it kind of resurfaced when they did the mix with Lemmy. It was brilliant. I actually prefer that. Yep, denial. Yeah, for me, this is a slaughter. Anybody that knows me really well knows I have a fucking love affair for denial. I think it's one of Ozzy's most underrated tracks. I believe that it's very Beatlesque. I love his vocal performance. There's just something about denial that I can listen to on repeat all fucking day. That outro is fantastic. I don't even think this is close. I think Hellraiser is not really that great of a song. It's kind of got a 80s vibe to it and just not the good 80s that Ozzy typically does where denial to me is intelligent it's got great lyrics it's fucking haunting beetle melodies good guitar playing this is a slaughter denial all day what about you Josh it's denial for me also I do like Ryan alluded to earlier the Hellraiser version that just surfaced with Lemmy and Ozzy duetting together that did take that track to a whole new level, and I much prefer that version over the studio track for either Motorhead or Ozzy. It should have always been done that way. Much better take on Hellraiser to hear those two together singing it. 
and hearing them bounce back and forth off of each other, that was fucking magic that they were able to put that together after all these years and make that happen. It should have been that way on the record, but it's not. We're going old school Hellraiser, so I go denial. Like you said, very Beatles influence, written with Mark Hudson and Steve Dudas, which of course helped Ozzy work on the Ozzy Land stuff that you know has a very heavy Beatles vibe also. And you can definitely hear that. But I had I've mentioned it before on the show. My buddy Doug Yates, I'm gonna give him a shout out. I know he's probably not even listening to this podcast, but man, he fucking loved now. I remember growing up and he would just jam that fucking song on repeat, man, just all the time, kind of like you, Dan, I suppose. He just fucking loved Denial. And of all of Osmosis, that was the track that just stuck to him so much. But yeah, Denial's a lot of fun, and I'm definitely leaning Denial, no question. All right, next up we have Battle of Two Ballads. Off of No More Tears, we have Time After Time, one of the rare times it's written by only Ozzy and Zach, versus My Little Man, a song from Ozzy's X-Ray Project, written by Ozzy and Steve Vai. I'll start this one. This is a pretty solid ballad. I definitely lean one over the other. I think Time After Time is a pretty solid song. I absolutely love the vocal melody of the verses. The Time After Time, I guess I love his blind. I couldn't read your mind. Especially in the second verse when Zach does that little guitar melody behind Ozzy. God, that gives me chills. It's fantastic. At the end of the day, the chorus is just okay. I actually prefer My Little Man. I know it's got that weird instrument going on behind it, but at the end of the day, the lyrics mean a lot to me. It reminds me a lot of my son, my nephews. Uh, There's something about My Little Man vocally and musically and lyrically that move me. I think it's got a great fucking bridge, and I think it's got a great vocal performance by Ozzy. So I lean My Little Man. What do you got, Josh? I go time after time. Written lyrically by Ozzy Osbourne. I just definitely prefer it. My Little Man for me was always the downer on Osmosis at my time and place in my life when that album came out. I, I can see as a father how that song, it means more to me now than it did when I was you know, 14, 15 years old when Osmosis came out. Ultimately, it just never had a whole lot for me. My favorite part of the song actually is the guitar solo. I do think this, the solo is beautiful. It has that soaring guitar solo. But time after time, I just always really liked that one. I always loved the music video. Had the little dude tattooed, the plane, boss, the plane, in, in there with Ozzy. It's so fucking random that he's in the video. I don't know how that. I'd love to hear a story of how that came about. But Time After Time to me is a beautiful song, man. I think it's got a cool little guitar part. It's by Zach Wilde on the intro and throughout the song. I think the melody's catchy. Written by Ozzy. That does mean a little bit to me. I can't help it. When I know that Ozzy wrote the lyrics, it, I always kind of pay him just a little bit more attention than otherwise. So for me, it's Time After Time. Yeah, and it did come out, and I didn't mention this, that Lemmy did help with the lyrics of My Little Man, but it is not credited. So I do want to throw that out there. What about you, Ryan? It's always been this way. Time After Time is is just at the bottom of my list of audio songs. It's a little too kind of ham for me. I'm a little ham-fisted, I guess you could say. It just, I, I, I've always been a skip, and I, I'm not a fan of the video. So I'm, gonna, I'm definitely the, you know, a little bit of the outlier here, I guess, as far as how my genuine feelings of Time After Time. My Little Man, I have a huge problem with whatever is going on it's whether it's just it's keys or or whatever that's going on throughout the entire song and i think it totally just drags the momentum of it down and it's a little distracting however it is unbelievable performance by ozzy amazing lyrics i will be watching a movie or a tv show my wife is crying about something and i'm kind of just sitting there deadpan and she's like you're such a monster how can you not be crying but it's probably the closest i'll get to choking up to something it's just so big and heartfelt i have to go with my little man so are you saying you don't like the don johnson look of ozzy in the time after time video because i thought that was personally cool as fuck ozzy in a white suit looking like don johnson what more do you want i'll find the song a little cheesy as it is 
And then whatever Sharon and co had him doing for that video, it's like it was a cheese waterfall. You're saying that Ozzy in a Don Johnson suit holding tattoo is cheesy? What the fuck, man? Come on. I know Do I even to, know you anymore? I know you yeah. had the posters on your ceiling and shit, but man, it's Hell not. yeah. You know what I find cheesy? The fact that Ozzy and Steve Vai write a song together, and it's a fucking ballad. That's I mean, we all know they wrote more, but that's the one they released for us is a little ballady thing. And I would definitely, God, we need to hear more of the X-Ray stuff of the Ozzy Steve Vai session. For sure. Right? It, that stuff is out there. We got to find it. Yeah, that would be amazing to hear Another title was, I think it's called On a Roll Again, which Ozzy loves. He brings it up a lot in interviews that was written from that. And that's got to be a rocker for sure. I'll tell you, one thing that really separates My Little Man for me is it has two bridges. You know, and when you're dreaming, you could talk to angels and then you saved me, you gave me. I like when Ozzy does that in songs because I love his bridges. So to me, that structure definitely puts it over the top of just being a little bit different with a lot more melodies. Beautiful sections of the song for sure. No question. Now, let's be clear with those caveat in every episode. We love them all. I fucking love my little man. Of course, I jam it all the fucking time. I just prefer time after time a little bit more. All right. So up next, I think this battle is perfect. I think both songs definitely vibe with each other. So the first one we have is from No More Tears. We have Zombie Stomp written by Ozzy, Zach Wilde, and Randy Castillo versus My Jekyll Doesn't Hide written by Ozzy, Geezer, and Zach. Both of these songs kind of have a similar groove, a similar vibe. Definitely long intros, cool breakdowns, really bass-driven, very rhythmic. So I do think this is going to be a fun, fun battle. Josh, why don't you start us off? My Jekyll doesn't hide. I fucking love that song, man. I go My Jekyll doesn't hide. Zombie Stomp for me is kind of on the corny side. It does have some cool melody that I love, like the little intro and stuff. But I think My Jekyll Doesn't Hide is a badass. I don't care. I love it. I think it's got a cool guitar riff. I love the first riff when it's got the descending notes, but then the ascending pinch harmonics from Zach. Dun, 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 dun. But also, dun, dun, dun. I know fans love listening to that shit, so sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to bust everybody's eardrums with that. But no, My Jekyll Doesn't Hide is a fucking, I love that song. It is riff-driven, heavy, heavy drums, Co-written by Geezer Butler, which I'm a big fan of. I go My Jekyll Doesn't Hide all day. What do you got, Ryan? Same. My Jekyll Does Not Hide. There's so much power in the in the veracity and the lyrics. It's it's like a serial killer documentary, you know, put to song. It's right up there in like the horror alley that just is everything that I'm into. And Ozzy is just a fucking monster on there. I, like again, that that little like bridge section, you know. Wait till you die, Bob. Like that screaming. Where that came from, I can't imagine like how far up into his throat his balls were for that. But fuck, like just unbelievable. I just a never skip track. It's a turn the volume up and just blast it. I I, I love it. It wasn't not even not even close. Yeah, it's just powerful, man. I agree. It's just a powerful song. So I think I'm a bigger fan of Zombie Stomp than the both of you. I think it's a fun song. I love, love the vocal melody of the verses. I don't need no doctor, but I need something to kill the pain. I just love all of that. What really Zombie Stomp suffers from is the chorus again. You know, Ozzy, once in a while, like we talked about with the Ultimate Sin record, goes into those choruses that can be a drag. And, you know, the hey, hey, do the Zombie Stomp is definitely not a great chorus, which brings the song down a little bit. But I do like the rhythmic intro. I sometimes wonder if it maybe morphed from Don't Blame Me, because I feel like they're similar vibed. But... I love the verse melodies, but it really doesn't touch My Jekyll Doesn't Hide. Ozzy, again, sounds possessed. 
great lyrics. You can clearly tell this one's fucking by geezer, you know, with words like symbiosis and forthright dementia, subversion ideals. You know, that, that that's not Ozzy writing for sure. At the end of the day, I think it's a great guitar riff by Zach, written at the last hour for the record. They wanted something heavy and wanted to write a couple of songs with Geezer. So definitely a killer song. I agree, Ryan. Great breakdown. Great bass playing by Geezer with that Waiting to Die for the very first time. Yeah, this is definitely a punch in the face. My Jekyll doesn't hide. One thing I find interesting that you brought up just now is that you think Zombie Stomp kind of sounds like a sister song to Don't Blame Me. I agree with that, man. I've never really thought about it before, but there is definitely a similar vibe going on with those two songs. Good call. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wonder if it morphed into it because, you know, that was originally going to be one of the titles for the record. That album had so many different song titles, which we'll get into when we do a deep dive on No More Tears. But but definitely Don't Blame Me was one of them. So I do think it maybe have morphed into Zombie Stomp. Quite frankly, I might like Don't Blame Me better. And they kept Don't Blame Me for the VHS tape from the documentary. After That's the right. Tears, so, yeah. yeah. So up next, we have from No More Tears, AVH, written by Ozzy, Zach, and Randy Castillo, stands for Aston via highway versus the Ozzy Japanese only whole world's falling down written by Ozzy, Tommy Shaw and Jack blades. So I'll start this one off. This one isn't even close. I'm clearly going for the Japanese B side whole world's falling down. I think this song has got a killer riff. It fucking moves. It's got great drumming by Dean Castronova. I love the performance by Ozzy. I think it's a great, Great verse again. I leave my sin, the legacy of dangers, the tragedy, of synthesizing rhymes. It's it's such a cool, different song. It's a little different for Osmosis. Osmosis is kind of haunting and somber, and I understand why it was left off the record because Whole World's Falling Down is just a kick-ass rock song. But for me, that chorus, the sky is crying, burning holes into the ground, Messiah is coming, but will he hang around? Fucking killer. A killer, killer guitar solo by Zach. He is shredding like a madman on it. To me, AVH is one of Ozzy's weakest songs of his career. I don't want to say a skipper, but I do skip it once in a while. There's not much I like about it. I think it's not a great song. So to me, this is a, a landslide. The whole world's falling down. What do you got, Ryan? Yeah, same thing. Not even not even a moment's hesitation with the whole world's falling down. I remember discovering that track. I don't remember exactly how. It might have been through like Ozzy Head, and I got it a compilation of like b-sides and stuff but i just remember over and over and over blasting that in my car in my room and like wherever i could like that just i couldn't get enough it was like finding gold i always thought avh just didn't fit it sounded like the direction zach was going with like pride and glory and somehow it got past the whole team like it's weird that it even made the album it just doesn't go that Party with the Animals or Don't Blame Me wound up being kind of like more unknown B-sides and track like AVH made it always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So yeah, I didn't even have to think about it. There's so much going on with Our World's Falling Down. It's just a beast of a song. Yeah, I agree. I actually bought the Japanese version of Osmosis right when it came out just to get it. So I definitely had it early and it's a killer, killer song. What do you think, Josh? God gave you breath, don't blow it all away. What a oh, cool right. line yeah. that you and I have discussed before, Dan. Whole world's falling down, no question, for all the reasons you guys have already stated. This is such a thundering, fucking hard rock song. Love Dean Castronovo's drums on it. Love the riff. It's hands down better than AVH. I do want to ask you guys, though. So we all agree that we like Party with the Animals better than AVH, right? No question. <laughs> is that a serious question? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> to me, that's one of the best songs Ozzy's ever done. So let's real quick, just for fun's sake, whole world's falling down versus party with the animals. Which one you got? Party with the animals. Right. Yeah. Party with the animals, I guess. 
mean, I need to sleep on that. But no, I, not not for me, man. That's instant. Part of the animals is one of the best tracks off of No More Tears. I can't believe it didn't make the record. Yeah, I'm going to go Whole World's Falling Down, but I think we all agree. Part of the animals should have been the track right here versus AVH. No question, right? Yes. Not even, not even close. Yeah. So um, like Ryan mentioned earlier, it's amazing that they chose AVH, and you wonder how that happens when you have a rocker like Party with the Animals. But at the same time, you know, in the early 90s, man, being on soundtracks was a huge deal. And Party with the Animals was on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack. So maybe they knew it was a better track, but they wanted to single it out for the soundtrack versus it being a song 10th on an album of 11 tracks that would be forgotten about. You know, so maybe they, the whole point was for Party with the Animals to get a little more attention than it ended up getting on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack. Because there's no question, it blows AVH out. Whole World's Falling Down blows AVH out. I go whole world's falling down all day, every day. Yeah, I have that boxing soundtrack sitting in a box somewhere. Probably that little section of the CD worn to shit. I don't think I listened to anything else on there. God, that song just fucking killed. But, you know, that's what they did, man. Kids today really have no clue how big soundtracks were in our era. And that's what they did. You would buy the whole damn album for one song, and you didn't care to do it. You are glad to do it. I was tickled to death when Ozzy had a track on the Buffy the Vampire Slayer soundtrack. You know, ran straight up to get it. And you definitely wanted to put a, a song on those albums that would stand out. So I can see that being the reason why it was left off of No More Tears. But in retrospect... It should have been on No More Tears, no question. Yeah, that was a major mistake. Major, major mistake by Ozzy and Sharon on that one. I don't even understand. That's a great call out, Josh. I couldn't agree more. And a track that was played live. You know, it yeah, was played times. live a time or two. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know, obviously they thought a lot of it to play it live, but you know, then ultimately didn't make you know the album listing. So it is what it is. All right. So up next is a very, very difficult battle as well. This is two classic songs for me personally. We have the emotional, self-penned, heartwarming Road to Nowhere written by Ozzy, Zach, and Randy versus the very Beatlesque, wonderful Old LA Tonight written by Ozzy, Zach, and John Purdell. This is a tough battle. Josh, why don't you send us home? What do you have? Man, this one's hard. Like, this one is really fucking hard. I have always had a love affair for Old LA Tonight. Love Zach's blues guitar on it. Ozzy's verse melodies and chorus melodies are through the roof. The fucking bridge. Who could imagine such a thing could happen to you? So fucking catchy. I love how the chorus overlaps each other. Ozzy sings it in two parts and it overlaps, and I absolutely love that. But at the end of the day, man, I thought really hard on this one, and I believe I'm going to go Road to Nowhere. Road to Nowhere for me has everything that Old LA Tonight has, except for the fact that it's got a little fatigue, and I think there's times that can wear on all of us. I mean, it's a song that's always been on the set list. You hear it on the radio all the time. Sirius XM plays it. Local radio stations play it. But man, when you sit back and just really listen to it with an unbiased ear, Road to Nowhere has fucking amazing guitar solos throughout, amazing melody, amazing lyrics. I do like the lyrics, again, about Ozzy's self-doubt and so on. And it's a song that when I was in my Ozzy infancy and I was just learning about the man in the career, this is a song that captured me almost instantly. I've always loved it. So for me, I go Road to Nowhere. I got a feeling I might be the lone wolf on this one. So I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys say. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Yeah, you're not the lone wolf. I'll say that. Man, I don't pick this one Road to Nowhere easily, but that is why I'm going to pick. Old Old LA Tonight has uh, a lot of personal meaning to me. It's kind of like the Aussie track that I kind of fall to when I when I think of my wife or anything to do with my wife. Overall, song structure and just the, the meaning behind it. And as far as like Ozzy's career spanning, you know, up until 91 at that time. But even, even now, there's so much depth to the whole track.
track in and of itself from a career standpoint. And then just the composition of it all, all together is just absolutely beautiful. There's definitely some fatigue there, I will, I will say, because it's never left the set. But it's always a highlight, regardless. It, it, this was really, really hard. And honestly, tomorrow I could wake up and be like, what the fuck was I doing? But for right now, it's it's road to nowhere. Wow. Okay, nice. I agree totally with all your points, by the way. Odell like Tonight is such a great damn song. So for me, this was not as tough as you would think. This is the second big battle. Like we talked about See You on the Other Side versus No More Tears, two of Ozzy's best songs. Old LA Tonight versus Road to Nowhere, two of Ozzy's best songs. For me, I'm not going to even hold a secret here. It is clearly Old LA Tonight. It's one of the first ones I circled. Old LA Tonight is my second favorite Ozzy ballad. I'll just say it straight up. There's only one Ozzy ballad I like better. To me, Ozzy with Zach playing piano is about the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And I will have to say along with I Just Want You and Tomorrow, Old LA Tonight is a classic Ozzy vocal take. He maybe never sounded as good as anything in his career. Those summer nights when I look in your eyes, I'm falling to pieces, out of my mind, and I'll never know why I'm falling to pieces, gives me fucking chills all day and every day. I love Road to Nowhere. Matter of fact, I really relate to the lyrics on Road to Nowhere, but Old LA Tonight is fucking the most amazing song of just about Ozzy's career, and it should be loved. It should have been a single. This should be as popular as Mama, I'm Coming Home. It it crushes Mama, I'm Coming Home to me. That's how much I fucking love Old L.A. Tonight. That who could imagine such a thing could happen to you? It's going to be all right in Old L.A. Tonight. Fuck, does that not move you? It actually reminds me a little bit of Little Dolls, too. Very similar vocal melody in the bridge of Little Dolls as as he does in Old L.A. Tonight. But Zach's great guitar playing. Nothing touches old LA tonight. And it's not shitting on Road to Nowhere. I think Road to Nowhere is awesome. Fuck, I love when he plays it live. That outro is amazing. Great guitar playing by Zach. When I first heard No More Tears for the first time, it might have been my favorite song off the record outside of the title track. And it could still be my second favorite song off the record. I fucking love it. But nothing from a ballad standpoint really touches old LA tonight. To me, I go old LA tonight. I'm going to lose this battle, but fuck you guys. I'm standing my ground all day. And flying the flag of all the late tonight. We're right there with you, man. No question. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to echo your sentiment too. That I, I, I think they would have been in a great position to push for Osmosis. Old LA Tonight is like the final single. I think it would have seen a second life. It would have propelled it to just another, another stratosphere. I mean, just for the hit that my mom coming home has been for decades now. There's no reason that Old LA Tonight wouldn't have been. And I agree that I think it's a much better song than Mama, personally. Yeah, it was a little bit of a misstep. You know, I know they, they got the three singles, and then I guess maybe they were done with it. They were on tour or whatever. But yeah, they definitely could have put some use to that. Those summer nights when I look in your eyes, the way he holds out eyes right there. Those summer when I look in your eyes. And he just, where the vocals overlap, I know I mentioned oh. it a second ago, but that is just so fucking good, man. Yeah. It's so fucking good. I love listen it. to the listen to the nuances on "Out of My Mind" when he hits that. Out it's fucking yeah. yeah no, it's, sure. Don't even try. You, you, you're, <laughs> I, I, you're embarrassing. Are you, are, are you saying I can't do this, <laughs> dude? What he hits <laughs> there is unfucking believable. There's so man. much nuance in his voice. I'm gonna change your mind. Come on, Josh. You got to go all the way tonight. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and stick with Road to Nowhere, man. But they're, 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 listen, they're totally, and I'm speaking for Ryan also, they're 1A and 1B. The, this one is probably the toughest battle of the whole thing for me. Oh, I no, do no, love no. See You on the Other Side, but No More Tears is clearly better than See You on the Other Side. These Same two there. are truly neck and neck, man. No, like, they, they are, are not. They are right there for no, me. No. Um, but it's not no, a knock no. on either one. 
you know what? Fuck it. I'm throwing the wrench. Or I'm going to change it to old LA tonight. Yes. Yes. I can't, man. I can't. It's so, it's so deep. It's so perfect. And just personal for me. Yep. Switched it right here, right now. So is that that's what even, a battle is, is, baby. Is that even allowed? Do we allow that? Is, of course. Is, is that part of the rules? What the yes. fuck? You can't yeah, let the whole point persuade is. you into, do, into doing what he wants you to fucking do. If that's the case, I'm voting for party with the animals to win the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what yes. the fuck? Old LA Tonight, <laughs> if you guys don't know Old LA Tonight who are listening, just go listen to it. Ozzy gets shit on in his later career, it's so but I'm telling you, man. Old LA Tonight is one of Ozzy's best songs of his career. No question. No question. No question. And one of the most soaring moments of Zach's guitar playing with Ozzy also is just so fucking good. And again, not overplaying, just playing what suits the song and serves the song. And Zach nailed it also, man. Like you said, it's excellent. Thank you, Ryan. That's what the whole point of a battle is, baby. I knew you you got to have that inner osmosis, man. Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, that that is my kind of live and die album, Ozzy album, by far. Throw Back on Earth into the mix with the as a, as a leftover track, and it's just it, in my heart. I mean, they all are, but again, it's an era, it's the timing, it's, it's when I came to be with Ozzy, so I think you can't touch it. You know, so, I got to say, man, my friends, you know, when we were growing up, I mean, I know that No More Tears is the the bigger record for Ozzy. No question. It's like four times platinum or something now. It is four times platinum. But Osmosis amongst my friends was fucking massive, man. I was 15 when Osmosis came out. And that's the perfect time for a record to come out in your life, right? I mean, when you're a teenager, that's when shit matters so much, right? And we all agree with that. And I suppose it was the time frame, but man, we love that record so fucking much. All of us, my brother, all of my friends, we we saw Ozzy on tour for the first time on the Osmosis tour, the Retirement Sucks tour. And it was just so fucking good, man. And Osmosis is so close for all of us. And I think while it's my and Ryan's era, I think for you, Dan, you love it because it's the most underrated album of his career. No question. So Absolutely. You love it for a different reason than we do, but equally as much as we do, but for a different purpose and reason. And it's just so fucking good, man. No More Tears deserves all the accolades it gets. It's a great fucking record. And it has behemoth fucking singles. I mean, Mom, I'm Coming Home and No More Tears are fucking gargantuan in yeah. any world. But as an album, Osmosis is just so good and so underrated that you just got to love it. So what's the final tallies, man? I haven't been keeping up. Let us know what we got here. I have everything here. So here's the deal. I'll go individually. So I had an eight to three osmosis over no more tears. Ryan had an eight to three osmosis over no more tears. And by the way, Ryan and I had the exact same choices and Josh, you had it six to five in a much closer battle. I'm shocked, but Ryan and I see this exactly the same way. And as a total, it was eight to three osmosis over no more tears and here's the cool thing especially about ryan and my picks it was three to two no more tears after that and then me and ryan have a clean sweep of the second side of the record of osmosis and i feel very strongly that osmosis is much better on the second half of course you have the same fucking answers he fucking is changing his fucking answers to make yours <laughs> i mean of course they're the no, damn no, same no, no it's because it's the right answers my uh-huh. friend. Nah, man listen if you ask me before the battle which do you prefer osmosis and no more tears i pick osmosis all day every day and twice on sunday always have always will so to be honest when i did my pairings and i realized i was six five osmosis for the winner to be honest i was a little shocked that it was that close 
I thought it might lean a little closer to what Urals did at eight to three, something of that effect. No more tears did win a few of the matchups. I guess I like the layout, but ultimately I do know without question, I do prefer osmosis over no more tears. I think it went almost exactly as I would have predicted it. I knew for some, whatever reason, me and Dan were going to be heavy osmosis. And I had a feeling, which I kind of mentioned and like, you would be more centrist, you know? And and again, it's, it's like paranoid versus master reality. I think we all have, our choice of an album as a whole when certain songs end up together it's not as close and you're like what the hell you know that's just kind of how it plays out and that's kind of the fun part of it i'm curious to see how our ultimate albums play out because maybe that's where we're going to be a little scattered yeah i agree i just want to say before real quick i think it's really really cool that we all picked the b-side whole world's falling down because a lot of times i don't want people to think we throw these b-sides in to get beat i think it's a really strong point to show that the b-side won this battle all right, Josh, so why don't you tell us what your ultimate album would be if we combine these two records? Why don't you start us? Okay, combining the two, we'll go through these really quickly. I open up with Perry Mason, just like we do on Osmosis. I think that synthesizer is the perfect opener. And it's going to slide into I Don't Want to Change the World. And then we're going to slow it down a little with I Just Want You. Then bring in the ballad with Mama Coming Home. Throw the epic right in the middle with No More Tears. Follow that up with another ballad in See You on the Other Side. Followed up by Desire. Then there we have Dan's favorite track of all time, Old L.A. Tonight. <laughs> and after we get done crying over Old L.A. Tonight and how great it is, because I do love that song also. I'm poking fun at Dan, but of course I fucking love this song so much. I'm going to go back to the heavy with Tomorrow, and then My Jekyll Doesn't Hide. Imagine those two back-to-back, man. That's talking about bringing the fucking heat, right? And then we're going to close it out with Road to Nowhere. Wow. We have some different choices. That's very cool. Ryan, what do you have? I'm going to do the same. I'm going to open up with Perry Mason. I'm going to switch it up a little bit, and I'm going to go track two is No More Tears. Then I'm going to go with the heavy hitter in Whole World's Falling Down. Tone it down, track four with Old LA Tonight. And then I'm going to go Desire. My centerpiece opus is going to be Tomorrow into S-I-N, into I Just Want You. Switch to Mr. Tinker Train, go balls to the wall with My Jekyll Doesn't Hide, and then close it, because I think that that somber like fade out of the chorus on see you on the other side is a perfect closer i just now fucking realized when ryan read his list that i left off mr tinker train and that was a complete fucking mistake because i love some mr tinker train so going back to my list at track two i had i don't want to change the world i'm going to scratch that and put mr tinker train in at track two because i think it's better than i don't want to change the world and that was just an oversight by my old eyes Luckily, I caught it before the show ended. That's right. And that is allowed. All right. So my album is also a little bit different than you guys. Well, we all agree here. I definitely start with Perry Mason. No question. I love straight the one-two punch of going into I Just Want You. I think it's a great one-two punch on Osmosis, and I'm going to keep it the same. My number three is we're going to go to the ballad and the hit, Mom, I'm Coming Home. Then we're going to go into See You on the Other Side. And we're going to end with the behemoth No More Tears of side one. Having See You on the Other Side and No More Tears back to back would be heavy. Then we come back to Mr. Tinker Train starting side two. Right after that, followed by Tomorrow. And then followed by Denial. I'm the only one who has Denial on it, but we've already talked about I fucking love that song. Then we got the greatest song of all time in Old LA Tonight. Followed by S.I.N. And we're going to end the album with Road to Nowhere, because I do love Road to Nowhere, but unfortunately, it just had a tough fucking battle this week. And I think Road to Nowhere's ending is beautiful and a perfect way to sum up a record. So I'm going to keep that the same. Agreed totally, man. I couldn't have said it better myself, 100%. 
Well, that was a great battle, guys. This is going to be one of the most fun battles we'll ever do because these are two heavyweights. Here's just the fucking truth. Anytime Osmosis is involved, I'm fucking in. Yeah, man, I had a fucking kick-ass time. Me and you had talked about possibly doing a battle for the next episode, and we were debating on this one or maybe doing No More Tears versus No Rest of the Wicked. But man, ultimately, No More Tears and Osmosis, they come out real similar in time frame together, and I think it's just the perfect sister albums to compare and battle. And I love it, man. Anything we can do to throw some light on Osmosis, I'm all for it also. It's a fucking killer record. Yeah, same thing. I mean, there's no wrong choices here. That's the best part about it because they're just two masterpieces really and they're in their different ways the, the funny thing about it, these two albums is they're they're only four years apart but for some reason i guess maybe it was everything going on with ozzy at the time recording sessions that happened and then fell off and then another one and it fell off knowing the timeline and the story it feels like there was 14 years between the albums but they're still strangely related so i, I was 100 down as soon as you guys mentioned it for the same reason anything to do with osmosis i'm in yeah, I mean, this is a blast. Thanks for letting me cheat. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for including me on it, too. It, it, it was great. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, Ryan, you do fucking amazing artwork. Ryan does all of our artwork here at Diary of the Mad Men, and we thank you so much for that. I just want to state, in a knockout, Osmosis is the victor. Take us home, Josh. All right, guys. Another fun battle, as always. Osmosis reigns supreme in our battle. Which one is your pick? Let us know on the socials which album you prefer, Osmosis or No More Tears. Match them up just like we did. Let us know which songs you prefer. We'd love to see your ultimate album of the two combined. But until next time, guys, we will see you on the other side. Dan a second while he gets it up. <laughs> I would have guessed a few minutes at least. Nah. Hey, it's so street level. <laughs> and I have it. I do have it up. Hey, Dan, I, I swear I have listened to that 25 times. I know. It is. I'll tell you, when I was listening back to our new podcast, when it came up, I, I was fucking dying. It is I, don't so even know, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even repeat that. <laughs> I, I have it up you know i got held up at the canadian border one time right no all i had was a driver's license i didn't have a passport he said i'm gonna go ahead and let you go and i said i'm not have any problems he said no with your accent they'll never believe you're not from the south nice <laughs> Cop, second border patrol yeah you, he you was wanna... right i went straight through i had no problems yeah of course <laughs> oh okay fucking my cat is calling fuck off cat damn it <laughs> she wants some of that josh loving we all want Damn some it. Josh Lovin'.